This is the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and I'm your host, Kat Bean Hansen. Welcome. We're glad you're here. Today's message comes from our service on Sunday, May 14th, 2023. Our members Lynn Brandt and Jess Lieb present a message based on the question, Do you believe in God? Jess and I were in a religious service committee meeting back in February during the planning of future kinds of programs for Sunday mornings at CVUU. Jess suggested we do something with the UU concepts of theism and atheism. What Jess said was parallel to my own thinking, and I said, Amen. We agreed to put these thoughts into words and deliver them to the congregation this morning. What follows is a result of our efforts. However, we want to also hear what you have to say on the topic. Do you believe in God? This is a simple question, has a lot of complexity. Most folks, if asked this question, would answer with that yes or no, with no other explanation. However, we, that is Jess and myself, want to delve into this question a bit more. Here we share a bit of our thinking on the subject. The word theist is usually applied to those folks who believe in a God of some description, and the word atheist for those who would answer no to our question, do you believe in God? There is a middle ground for those who either don't know or don't care if there's a God, and we tend to call them agnostics. Some theists and atheists think agnostics are cowardly for not making up their minds or unwilling to commit to one position or another. But not knowing something can hardly be considered cowardly. We make another claim here that both theism and atheism are matters of faith. We cannot know if there is a God and those people who believe in such an entity do so as a matter of faith. Likewise, those believing that there is nothing at all that can be called God also do so as a matter of faith. But we live our lives on matters of faith, not necessarily religious faith, but faith that the sun will come up tomorrow or that things will work out in our life. To lose that faith is to become dead before our hearts stop beating. It is a lack of any optimism. So faith by itself is not bad, but theism and atheism are still matters of faith and not subject to scientific inquiry. Let's take a look at atheism. Several years ago, a number of authors came out with a number of books that argued against the idea of a God 
and one in particular said that all religion was bad. These authors included Sam Harris, Richard Dawkins, Daniel Dennett, and a couple others. These were sometimes referred to as the new atheists. These, these books had mostly one thing in common, their criticisms of a God found in the Old Testament. Dawkins describes this God as, and I quote, jealous and proud of it, a petty, unjust, unforgiving control, control freak, a vindictive, bloodthirsty ethnic cleanser, a misogynistic, homophobic, racist, infanticidal, genocidal, philicidal, pestilential, megalomaniacal, sadomasochistic, capriciously malevolent bully. End of quote. The Old Testament confirms all these descriptors many times over. The New Testament and modern Christians describe this same God as loving and kind. What we see here is a change in the culture through time of those who wrote the preserved and the selected texts that we see in the Holy Bible. Both biblical versions of this God provides a mental picture. Some religious art also helps reinforce these images. The painting on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel is a good example of the God in many people's minds. God is a white male, nothing feminist here. God has a beard and presumably a penis, though what that might be used for cannot be imagined. I like that image because it looks like me. If atheists are responding only to that image of God, count me in. But that is a very limited version of what might be called God. How about the gods of the ancient Greeks or the Romans? Is not believing in them make one an atheist? If so, probably all of us are atheists. God or gods were invented to explain things happening in the lives of ancient peoples. Why killing storms, droughts, famines, diseases, earthquakes happen was explained by the will of their gods. There were gods who were angry and so on. Gods also managed the other aspects of the world, from the sun rising each morning to good harvests. These people, for the most part, lived in a very small and intense, a world of intense mystery. Their world was small, so they could believe in a small God. For Jews and Christians of many years ago, one old bearded guy could do it all. Their God was very small. Today, we have a very different concept of the universe the interdependent web of all existence of which we're a part. A universe consisting of billions of galaxies, each containing billions of stars, and probably a lot more aspects that we don't know about today. One old bearded guy, even if he does look like me, can't manage all that. So let's imagine something that might be called a god in light of how we perceive universe today. That thing cannot be a white male who listens to children's prayers 
and condemns sinners to an everlasting torture in hell. Should we call this thing God? We might think of this as God, but our feeble minds are not likely to be able to comprehend such an entity. But not understanding something is not the same as denying the existence of it. Let's talk a minute about science. There are those who think science somehow replaces religion. They think faith in science makes the idea of a superior being obsolete. One of the silliest things that I have read was written by Stephen Hawking, a physicist, at the end of his book, A Brief History of Time. Now, I'm sure you've all read that book. <laughs> he says, and I quote, if we do discover a complete theory, it should in time be understandable in broad principle by everyone, not just a few scientists. Then we shall be able to take part in the discussion of why it is that we and the universe exist. If we find the answer to that, it would be the ultimate triumph of human reason, for then we would know the mind of God. End of quote. That is pure nonsense. Maybe he thought that all we needed was a bigger telescope or a more powerful atom smasher. Well, since Hawking wrote those words, we got those tools. But knowing the mind of God still eludes us. We think we humans are pretty smart. Compared to what? Before we came along, apes were pretty smart. Dogs, squirrels, octopuses, alligators, and a lot of other creatures are intelligent too. What other than our egotistical arrogance makes us think that we are so extremely brilliant that we can understand the whole of everything? Oh, we have science. That's right. I forgot. <laughs> Therefore, we know all about the universe. Oh, but there were some in the year 1600 that had a bit of science, too. By 1800, there were real scientists who had put together a very different picture of the world that they had in 1600. Then in 1900, the science had progressed quite a bit, and it put together a still very different picture of the universe. Some even thought at that time that science had figured it all out, and there was little need for more science. Then they discovered the expanding universe, many, many, many other galaxies, Einstein's ideas about relativity, quantum mechanics, and a whole lot more. By the year 2000, some scientists were discovering and trying to explain the presence of dark matter and dark energy. The dark energy is accelerating the expansion of the universe. So here in 2023, we wonder about what might have come before the Big Bang, about how many dimensions there are in the universe, and was there really an inflationary phase right after the Big Bang? Is the acceleration of the cosmos continuing? And much, much more. Even with science, our human brains are limited, just as are those of other creatures. Let's pretend 
let's pretend for a minute that I'm in my classroom teaching plate tectonics. In front of me, instead of my human students, are a couple dozen very bright dogs. Huskies, no doubt, maybe Labrador retrievers, but not Cocker Spaniels. Do you think for one brief minute that those dogs understand continental drift, subduction zones, mid-oceanic ridges? Of course not. Now, do you believe for one brief moment that our brains are capable of understanding a possibly infinitely complex universe? Therefore, I claim that we could not possibly understand anything that might be called God that might exist. Our brains are limited in capacity, just as those of dogs, octopuses, and alligators. We cannot say we rely on science to prove there is no God of any kind. Atheism is a faith. Um, I, I knew as soon as I would be doing a co-sermon with Lynn that he would absolutely write circles around me with his eloquent professional pose. Um, he sent me a draft of his message back at the beginning of April, and I, being the chronic procrastinator that I am, wrote it midweek last week. Um, but I absolutely loved piecing apart every bit of his portion of the sermon and found myself just saying, yes, yes, I absolutely agree, um, being grateful to have someone with such artistry of the pen to put it into words. Um, I didn't share my portion with him until today, right now. He has not heard this yet. Um, so we agreed that he would do the insightful philosophical sciencey bit, and I would present you with my personal um, woo-woo view on things. It's not quite as eloquent. Uh, so I found while writing it that it balances what Lynn says pretty well, kind of like how a blacklight poster can really counterpoint that lovely antique china cabinet on display in your dining room. Um, speaking of antiques, many of you know my mom, Janet. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you. <laughs> we had a wonderful day together yesterday. It was fabulous. We got to spend some time with the family. Um, but my mom was definitely a foundation in my exploration of what God can be, other than the bearded white man sitting in the clouds judging us. Um, she openly shared with me that she did not believe in hell and eternal punishment. Any truly loving God would know patience and forgiveness at least as well as a human and would not just exist to feed his own ego. There was, and I hope still is, a quiet underground of Catholics who didn't buy into the nonsense and know that God is bigger than the childish crayon drawing version of a jealous king that many often, often made him out to be, like Lynn was describing. Sister Ruth at the cathedral in Dubuque would speak in hushed whispers with my mom about how she really believed that God was a woman. Scandalous. Um, I need to insert my disclaimer here that God in my mind is entirely beyond the limiting and unnecessary concept of a gender binary altogether, but I digress. Fight gender norms, etc. Uh, mom and I talked about things like the possibility of reincarnation, um, the existence of souls and animals and the spirit of the forest. We would have conversations about how miraculous just one delicate flower is in its very existence. Mom and I talked about our dreams, the meaning that they might have, the possibility, no certainty of life in an infinite universe and quantum physics, which we knew nothing about. But just imagine the endlessness of the things that we don't know yet. This is how I came to understand God. We don't know what we don't know. 
And to claim that we do is just about the most human gesture of arrogance imaginable. Well, I got tangled up with a bunch of very grumpy atheists at one point who were extremely bitter about their past religious experiences, and they kind of threw me off track a bit. How could you believe in any God at all? There is absolutely zero evidence for one. You do believe in science, don't you? You're not some kind of superstitious zealot like the rest of them, right? Well, sheesh. I sure didn't want to be a superstitious zealot like the rest of them, so no, there must not be a God after all. At least I wasn't going to be shamed for believing in one. But I never stopped feeling the pulse of the interconnected web. How could we possess something so magnificent and complex as a human thinking mind and not see it as a miracle that such a thing exists? In this vast cosmo uh, cosmos of stardust and chaos, of explosions and incomprehensibly huge distances of absolute nothingness, we are balancing delicately in this little blue boat. We have an atmosphere. We have water and just the right amount of sunlight. We have trees and bacteria. Even more, look at this, we have art, we have music and philosophy. We have Lynn Brandt right here in this very room with us. Have you even asked Lynn about diatoms? We have diatoms. Oh my gosh. Um, so, I wrenched myself from that horribly bleak, if it doesn't science, it's not real mindset very quickly. I found this place. I found folks who fearlessly stated that they didn't believe in a higher consciousness or a God, even if just the interconnected web is what they perceive God to be. God is incomprehensible. God can take many forms and many truths to many people. Maybe the closest to God some of you have ever been is that French silk fudge ripple pie served in that high-class restaurant in Long Island back in 1985. Maybe some of you have heard God in your dreams or seen God in computer code or a perfect tomato that came from your very first garden. Maybe God showed you what life was all about when your first child was born. Maybe God was what brought you back from the brink when it felt like your entire world had collapsed. We can certainly attribute any number of those things to science, but why can't it be both? Why can't science just be a part of what God is? We even name different categories of science with a broad term, science, biology, geology, physics, yet somehow intertwined all with one another, aren't they? When I'm laying in my hammock listening to the birds, I hear the birds pushing air through their throats and trying to attract a mate. I'm not ignorant of that information. But I also hear God because its sound lifts my soul and reminds me of the wonder of creation. When I'm enraptured in performing a piece of stunning music, I realize that I am having an emotional reaction to something my brain has attached meaning to, likely because of context clues in my life telling me that minor chords are sad, major chords are happy, and everything else is jazz. But <laughs> I am feeling something that connects neurons in my brain receiving sound to neurons in my brain that are feeling love or wonder or hope. I am feeling God at work in the connections my brain is making. Here is my thought. We are here experiencing all of this. We are here taking in all of the information around us with our few little human senses. And we take that input and we think about it. We form ideas. We choose to act in certain ways. We connect certain ideas and feelings to other ideas and feelings, and we grow and develop. We choose to vibrate this interconnected web 
in a positive way while we are here, watching our gestures of kindness and compassion radiate outwards. Is all of that interconnect? Is all of that interaction chance, coincidence, scientific inevitability? I personally believe that we take all of this knowledge and growth and understanding back to wherever it is that our essence goes once we die, the part of us unseen by science, and we return it to the infinite cosmos. Look, vague concept of some grand coherent force in the universe. Look what I learned on Earth this lifetime, and we hold up our little crayon drawing of people holding hands, and we sing the song that a little bird taught us. Maybe we share a very sad story, and we wonder to the spirit about the things we never did come to understand. That's lovely, says the big obscure idea of some multi-universal consciousness. I'm proud of you. Thank you for sharing what you learned. Would you like to go back and learn something different this time? I'm going to leave you with a version of a quote related to something that I heard from Thich Nhat Hanh, which is not the exact quote, but it was something along the lines of taking care of our bodies as our way of showing gratitude for the universe around us. But I think that showing appreciation for this life in any way that we can, showing appreciation for each other and for this interconnected web is our way of showing gratitude for every day and every miraculous moment in this life that we are given. So regardless of your thoughts on God, leave, live every day that you have as a gesture of gratitude for this miraculous universe in which we are living. Thank you. Amen and blessed be. This has been the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists. The music is by Nathan Moore. If you want to learn more about the CVUU, visit our website at www.cedarvalleyuu.org, and you can also find us on Facebook or Instagram at Cedar Valley UU. We welcome visitors from anywhere to virtually attend our services on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you'd like to learn more about joining us for a service, send us an email at cvuupodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.